Thanks for tuning in to The Big Idea Show. We have a great program with Dr. Dial from the Livingston Memorial Visiting Nurses Association. You're going to want to hear this to learn more about home health care, hospice, and much more. We have a great program for you coming right up. And today's show is brought to you by GEICO Local Office, car and homeowners insurance for the 805. You could save up to 15%. Call Greg Mock of GEICO Local Office, 805 805- Four eight seven seven eight four seven. And today we have Dr. Lanyard Dial in studio. Very excited for this interview. He has been a leader in family medicine and geriatric medical in the education field, and now he works for Livingston Memorial Visiting Nurses Association. I'm very excited to have this interview. Dr. Dial, he received his medical degree from Washington University School of Medicine in 1981, and he's had academic honors, which include the election to Phi Beta Kappa and Alpha Omega Alpha Societies, a very good career and in a very good spot here in Ventura County. So I'm very pleased to have him in studio. Dr. Dial, thank you for being here. Thank you very much. So tell us about the history of the Livingston Memorial Visiting Nurses Association. It's a long name. People that may not know, what is this association? What do you guys do? We're an association that does uh, home health, hospice, and personal caregivers. We began in 1947 as a home health agency, providing nurses into people's homes, providing physical therapy, occupational therapy, social work for people usually frail elders who've come out of a hospital or are trying to avoid going into the hospital, and their physician will ask us to go in and take care of them. They may need IV antibiotics, they may need wound care, they may need rehabilitation after a stroke or after a knee or hip replacement. So home health care has been our base for 71 years now. In 1986, we began our hospice program. We were the first medical model hospice in Ventura County. Medicare created legislation to create medical hospice in the early 80s. And I helped Livingston as being the medical oversight for the first medical hospice here in Ventura County. And then probably 10 years later, we developed a personal caregiver service. So now Livingston has all three of those types of services, home health for people who are healing, who are people who need aggressive medical care in their home, hospice care for the terminally ill, and personal caregivers. We have one other bridge program between hospice and home health. We do community-based palliative care for individuals who are very sick and very ill, but not terminally ill and you bridge them with both home health services, aggressive medical services, but the comfort care and support of a hospice type of care. So that's the palliative care program that we have. You guys really do a lot, and I'm glad that you mentioned all that, and I wanna go into some of the specifics a little bit more as we kind of go into the details of these. And you know, I see, I see people in my profession all the time that are very concerned with aging, and how they're gonna deal with problems with their health, whether it's the cost or whether it's who's gonna pay for it. Oftentimes it's a lot of the cost and how they might pay for it. And I wanna get into that, but first let's just describe this. Tell us about the difference from home health versus hospice and what are the services and how are they different in those areas? So home health is the design to help people heal up and do that care in their home. Commonly, people will come out of the hospital with a need for IV antibiotics that they've not finished entirely in the hospital setting, 
or they've had a surgery and have a wound that hasn't totally healed, or they've had hip or knee replacement and they need ongoing therapy and that's done in their home. Again, it's mostly for the frail elderly in their home because if those services they can get by going outside of their home, then we're not the niche. We're the niche to provide those services in their home. And so hospice care different than home health is really for terminally ill people. That situation would be someone who's fought cancer, but yet the cancer continues to grow or is having a bad enough heart disease, lung disease, kidney disease that they've recognized with their doctor's help that they're not going to live very long. And so rather than them struggle with health care going back and forth to the emergency room or back and forth to the hospital, we can bring comfort into their home and let them die peacefully while they're at home. We meet them wherever they're at. Their home may be home. It may be in assisted living. It may be in skilled nursing. Wherever they're living, we can come in and provide comfort care, hospice-based care for them. And that care really focuses on their symptoms, pain control, nausea, anxiety. You know, we come in to make sure they're comfortable. And that team is a team of individuals, myself as the physician, nurses, social workers, chaplains, home health aides to do bathing and personal care. That's the cadre team that's part of hospice care. And hospice is in many ways a beautiful thing. I've had family members go through that and it is definitely for end of life care. It is um, a beautiful way to be able to have the dignity of doing that in your own home or in a safe, comfortable space. Absolutely. I mean, people don't recognize, I think they're a little afraid of um, trying to understand hospice or approach it because they think it's giving up or they think it's accepting a death that they don't want to accept. Hospice is the reality of their dying. Then coupled with, we're going to help you through this time because your options at this point as you're dying are to stay in a hospital. And for the most part, people don't want that. They don't want to see themselves spending their last days or months in a hospital. They'd much rather be at home. And so we can come into the home and support the, their loved ones, uh, care for them while they're dying. And they, usually the program that's been set up is a six month or less kind of program. And yeah. our average length of stay is only about 60 days. How does someone essentially get into that program and connect or onboard with what you're doing? How do the, is it a doctor that's making a referral or is it a family member that's finding you? How does this connection take place and what is the natural flow? I would say yes to both things you said. Okay. Uh, the doctor can make the referral. A doctor interacting with the patient and their family, talking about where they're at, can say, now I think it's appropriate you go into hospice care. A family uh, or a patient recognizes that a program like this exists, calls us and says, how do we access your program? And we then say, we'll communicate to your physician and talk to him or her about sending you into our program. Hospice does require the primary physician, and that primary physician could be a specialist, could be an oncologist or a pulmonologist or a cardiologist, or it could be your family doctor, make the referral because they need to accept and agree that this person has a terminal disease at this point. So that's with hospice. That's the end-of-life care. You also mentioned home health care. With the baby boomer generation, this is definitely something that we'll see a tremendous amount of need for over the coming years. Talk to us about home health care. What specifically is home health care? Also touch on the cost. 
Sure. So home health care is exploding. Uh, it will continue, as you said, as the baby boomers get older to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But the recognition that hospital care is limited resource and very expensive and reductions in the length of stay in the hospital so that you go in, you, you get what you need in the hospital. But if you can get that, then transitioned into home. So our hospital care has seen shrink shrinkage in length of stay. When you used to go into the hospital to have a hip or knee replaced, you'd be in there for a week or 10 days. Now you're in for 24 to 48 hours max. And you come home and we're there then to have the nurses there to make sure your wound is doing okay each day and to make sure you're getting the physical therapy you need to get that hip or knee going again. So home health care is a huge niche that's now growing and growing and growing in the healthcare system. It's nurses and therapists overseen by your doctor going into your home and providing you that care. Unlike hospice care, where I do the majority, home health care is overseen by your doctor. And so your doctor makes the referral for you into home health care after hospitalization or even before hospitalization. If the physician believes that you're starting to have difficulty where a nurse coming into the home could keep you out of the hospital, and we're seeing that use more and more. Almost every insurance in the country pays for home health care. Medicare, any of the Medicare Advantage programs, the federal Medicaid, federal state Medicaid system in California, Medi-Cal and Ventura County Gold Coast Health Plan, covers home health care. And the cost for you is almost zero. It does depend a little bit on your insurance. If you have an insurance plan where there's a copay to it, there might be a copay. But if you're on Medicare or Medi-Cal, there's almost no copays to that. It's all covered by, by those systems. With that being the case, how about those folks that kind of are in that area where they don't have insurance. They're not right. carrying any insurance. They don't have assets or money to pay. They just think they won't qualify. That's, that's what, what makes you... Livingston unique. In Ventura County, there are multiple different home health and hospice agencies. Livingston is the only non-for-profit agency in Ventura County. We will take care of anyone who needs health care in their home, home health or hospice care. Even if you don't have insurance, even if you have no assets to cover it, we will come in and provide that care. As a nonprofit, 5013C, we have help from our community through donations to help offset the cost of that care so that our nurses and therapists are paid to do that. But we're there to make sure that we take care of you irregardless of your ability to pay for that care. And that makes us unique in doing this kind of care in Ventura County because no one else does that. Is that a model that we see growing outside of Ventura County in California? What's currently taking place to solve that problem? Is I've heard good things about the Livingston you know, Memorial Visiting Nurse Association for being a model. Is that the case? Yes. The last part of our title, the Visiting Nurse Association, is part of a national visiting nurse associations. And there are multiple of them throughout the United States all of them part of a nonprofit movement in the Visiting Nurse Association piece. Our Livingston Memorial beginning came from a physician in Ventura County who was at Oxnard's Hospital at St. John's in the original old wooden building. He left a legacy and some of the funding from his foundation that he left behind supports Livingston. And so we took his name 
back in the late 1970s, early 1980s. So we became not just the Ventura Visiting Nurses, which is what we were originally, but the Livingston Memorial Visiting Nurse Association. So I appreciate what you're sharing about hospice and about home health care. And I know this is a big area of, you know, of need that will be growing demand over time. So it's, it's good to hear this is available and accessible to people. I think it's really important to have that available in kind of need being met. We didn't touch on this with the home health care. Let's say, for example, my father-in-law is having a knee replacement or back surgery, how would he connect? Is it the same way that the doctor would refer it or that he would reach out to you? How is that onboarding made? Same way, doctor could refer it to us. He himself could say, I'd like to go to Livingston as my home care if I need home care. You as the son could notify Livingston, hey, my dad's going in to have this and work with the hospital to be sure that Livingston becomes his care provider when he goes home. Tell us about the programs. I know you have a number of other programs as well and programs that you guys are doing. And let's highlight some of those and talk more about them. Sure. Besides the strict home health hospice or caregivers, we see ourselves as a community resource for a variety of programs. In particular, we do a lot of education in the community. So I'm out speaking to a lot of groups about what is hospice, what is home care, talking about durable power of attorneys, talking about post forms. We do education in the community around diabetes care. We have diabetic educators. We do education in the community about the needs for hip and knee replacements, partnering with a number of local orthopedic surgeons. So we do a lot of community-based education. Another huge program that we do is bereavement support. So part of our hospice program has always been bereavement support for the family that we are taking care of. But because we have those resources, we have reached out to the community to help in bereavement support. So we have bereavement programs that are in various school systems to help kids with a loss. Uh, We have bereavement programs for the community when events happen. So when the Thomas fire happened, we conducted bereavement supports after that. With the borderline shooting that just happened, we have bereavement support programs related to that. Last year in March, April, we completed a merger with Camrio Hospice. And Camrio Hospice's mainstay was bereavement support. And so we now have with Livingston umbrella, Camrio Hospice is a program that does individual group and, and group counseling services for individuals. So we have children's groups, suicide loss groups, widows groups, and then we have one-on-one counseling for people who had loss. And all of that as is all our education, as is all our bereavement support in schools, is all free of charge to people. We do that through support of donations. I think that's really powerful and it's special that you've been able to organize in a way to have that collaboration and and be able to offer that when there is that need. It's very special. You mentioned something I want to ask you about. I see it a lot and you mentioned the word durable power of attorney. I think a lot of people don't have a durable power of attorney. I think a lot of people need a durable power of attorney. Tell our listeners what this is and why they should have it. Everyone should have a durable power of attorney. It doesn't matter how old you are or how healthy you are. Medical care is designed to provide you with informed consent. If we want to do something with you, we should advise you on why we think that's the right thing to do, and you have the right to make those decisions. As simple as an appendectomy, 
No surgeon can perform an appendectomy on a patient without explaining to the patient why they should have that surgery and signing and agreeing to a consent to do that. As you get older, there comes more and more risk that something bad is going to happen. Even in young people, there are car wrecks and bike events. If we need to do something and we can't speak to you because you've had a serious enough injury that we can't communicate with you, your durable power of attorney for health care is someone you've picked for us to communicate with so that we would turn to typically a son or a daughter or a parent and ask the question of, here's what's happened, here's what we need to do, can we have your consent to do that? Because all of medicine and all of us as people want to be informed on what's going on. And if I can't inform you because you've had a serious enough injury, then you would want the decisions about what we do to be made by someone you've trusted and loved for years. So the Durable Power of Attorney for Healthcare is a state of California form. We have lots of them. You can get them at our office. Most physicians have them. The County Medical Association has them. You complete the form on your own. You don't need a lawyer. You don't even need a notary. All you need to do is have a couple witnesses verify this is you completing the form. And in that form, you list for us someone who would be the durable power of attorney for your healthcare decision making, should you not be able to make that decision. And you can list one individual and a second to back up to that. In addition, the form allows you to explain in your words what you would want. If I'm unable to make decisions and you need to do a surgery, please do that. If I'm unable to make decisions and you're going to put me on a machine to keep me alive long term, I don't want that. You can explain what you would like in addition to assigning a person who I can communicate with as the physician trying to make those decisions. That is so well explained and that is so important for everybody to have one of those. Absolutely. Definitely. I've seen it in my family and I've seen it time and time again. It is the durable power of attorney for healthcare matters is such an important document. You can get it for free and have that thing filled out, get some witnesses, and that is legal. That is so good to share. So for listeners that um, don't have that in place yet, definitely put that on your on your to-do list here to try and finish up before the end of the year. And you can contact Livingston. We're happy to help you with the form and walk you through it. A few more things I want to talk about with you, uh, Dr. Dial. We're speaking with Dr. Dial. He is a doctor at the Livingston Memorial Visiting Nurse Association. Their website is lmvna.org. And we're talking an, about a number of things, home health care, hospice, and other programs that they have available. The question I want to ask you deals with health care and how it's changing. Things are changing with health care over time. How is Livingston Memorial uh, changing with the changes? Yeah, so the largest change that's been in effect in the last several years has been a significant push to try to reduce further hospitalizations for people because that's where the majority of the cost is. And then trying to manage the care of that individual across a continuum. So Livingston sits right in the middle of that. For people who have been in a hospital and need to come home and get care, we're right there. We are part of the continuum of that patient. So we are electronic and have all electronic medical records and we provide access to that to the physicians locally. We have pictures in our records of any wounds or any new rashes you have so the physicians can look at that without leaving 
leaving their office. So we've been integrating in with all of the systems in, in this community, primarily hospitals, doctor offices, clinic systems, those kinds of things. The growing future of healthcare is going to be to push more and more into home-based, community-based care. Uh, we just as a nation can't afford hospital care, and we've come to realize that hospital care has a very limited use. As you go into hospitals, you're more at risk for infections. You're, you're, and the longer you stay, the more confusion you get into as an older person. So getting your care that you need in the hospital done as quick as possible and then out into the home to heal. And so we're a unique niche in providing that healing part of the home. We're speaking with Dr. Dial from the Livingston Memorial Visiting Nurse Association. The website you can find them online is lmvna.org. That's lmvna.org. And Dr. Dial, you have a few events coming up. I want to give you the opportunity to speak about those events, what they are, and why they're important. So uh, go ahead and Tell our listeners about that. Sure. So as I mentioned, we provide all of these services to patients, irregardless of their ability to pay. So we're caring for people in this community who don't have access to Medicare payment, Medicaid payment. For that population, we oversee the cost of that ourselves, and so we rely on the community and its donations to help support that. So we do a number of events through the year to help bring in donations to our organization. At this time of the year, near the end of the year, we put on what we have called for 30-plus years, light up a life events. Those are events that memorialize individuals who've passed away, individuals who you want to honor who haven't passed away. We light a tree in their honor. We put a star on that tree. And there's a donation related to the star on the tree. And we have a lot of people who will support financially this type of event. So we do that now in three different parts of our community. We have a light up event in Camarillo, and it will be this Saturday night. That's 12-8 at 4.30 in Constitution Park in Camarillo. We have then our other two light-up events, one in Ventura at the Pacific View Mall, and it is next Tuesday, 12-11, at 6.30 in the Pacific View Mall. And then our third one's done in Ojai, and that'll be on 12-13 Thursday night, and that's at 5.30 at the Sewell Park Golf Course in their banquet room. All three of those events are very similar. They light a tree, we have some speakers, we have some music, but it's really a touching memorial to people who have died in our lives. Our feature interview today is with Dr. Dial from the Livingston Memorial Visiting Nurse Association. You can go to their website to get more information. It is lmvna.org. Dr. Dial, thank you for your time. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Now it's time for the Nonprofit Spotlight with your host, Michael Anderson. Nonprofit Spotlight. Here's a local group we want you to know about. Nonprofit Spotlight. Today's Spotlight is brought to you by Era Energy, powered by safety, innovation, and community. We help keep California moving forward. And today's Nonprofit Spotlight is hosted by Tom Spence. Tom, what do you got for us? We have the Children's Services Auxiliary, Mike. It's an excellent charity, and it's near and dear to our hearts here at KVTA because over the many years, and I know it's over 20 at this point, Children's Services Auxiliary began about 20 years ago, and their endeavor, their mission, 
was to help foster kids, and especially the court-appointed foster kids. That means kids who had a rough go of it, their parents might have had alcohol and drug problems, domestic violence, anything that could have happened. The kids have been taken out of their home and given to foster parents to care for them. Now, this is a very, very expensive thing for people to do. So the Children's Services Auxiliary got together and they started raising funds. Well, way back in the day, Dave and Bob heard about them. It was actually Rich Galano was the first one, our newsman. And he said, let's raise money for these guys. And it took off from there. And we have worked with them for many, many years now. As long as I've been on the air on the KBTA Morning Show, we've raised funds. Coming up Thursday, we are going to have a breakfast at the Vagabond, 760 Thompson in Ventura. And we are going to be raising funds for the kids. We have a boat in the Parade of Lights that we're going to put people on, thanks to our friends at the Lions. And that's going to raise funds. We have a donation from the Commemorative Air Force Museum of a ride on what's the PB&J, a World War II aircraft. We're auctioning off seats on that, all going towards the cause. So there's just so many ways to give and get something back, too, to help out these uh, kids. There's 1,200 kids in the system that need care. These are from very, very young children, very young, all the way up to teens. So we have to make sure we take care of these people and these kids. We know what happens. It costs a little bit of money to take care of a kid and make them a highly functional adult that's good for the community. But if things go wrong, the effect on that child and society is bad. So our best efforts are to help these kids, and you can do it with the Children's Services Auxiliary and News Talk 1590 KBTA. What I would suggest is just tune into the morning show 5 to 9 o'clock, and you'll find the ways that you can give. We love these people. They're hard workers. The other thing is every dollar goes to the kids. There's no rent. There's no salaries. There's no filing cabinets or desks or gas cards or cell phones, anything like that. All the cash goes for the kids, 100% volunteer. We love the Children's Services Auxiliary. Yeah, thank you very much for that, uh, Spence. Uh, that does it for our show today. Be sure to stick around and listen to our 8.30 program. That's coming right up. And thanks for joining us. Big special thanks to our sponsors, Geico Local Office. They're in Oxnard with Greg Mock and also uh, the team at Era Energy and also Boyd Security, Boyd & Associates. Have a great week and join us again next time. Do you ever question if your investments are right for you? Do you own any annuities, retirement accounts, or have other money you want help with? Have you ever wondered what your advisor is making or how they get paid? Get a free second opinion. Talk with Michael Anderson, certified financial planner. Call his answering service today, 805-665-3767. Leave a message and get a call back immediately. 805-665-3767.